0: Dr. Michael Baker from the Otago Medical School is with us now. Good morning, Doctor. Oh, I shall press the right button. Yeah, morning, Michael.
1: Morning, John.
0: Thanks for your time this morning. What's your reaction to the what appears to be a change in heart by the government in relation to the border reopening? What's your reaction to it?
1: I I don't think it's a change in heart. I think it's just responding to how the pandemic's changing, and um, obviously reassessing. Um, the timetable for opening up the borders. And basically, you know, the epidemiological evidence is that we now have widespread Omicron transmission in New Zealand, obviously, uh, and therefore the risk assessments changed. And I think that's just what you have to do when you're fighting a pandemic. You have to change your response as the pandemic threat changes. And that's really why New Zealand has succeeded so well against the pandemic, is that it's um, basically had a different Strategy which has been changed as the pandemic's changed and also as we've had better tools to fight it and obviously we've got very effective vaccines and good vaccine coverage so we're in a good position now.
0: So what do you think then should happen internally within New Zealand with the pandemic response and I'm thinking vaccine passes I'm thinking you know places being closed off to unvaccinated what's your what's your view on that?
1: I think it's much the same that we need to change that approach to adapt to a different um, epidemiology where the virus is widespread. And remember, we, um, uh, the the threat for most people now is going to drop away um, after this pandemic wave because um, we'll be highly vaccinated and also many people will have immunity from being exposed to virus. I mean, we will pay a price for that, of course. Um, we will have hundreds of people who've been in hospital. Uh, Some will have obviously a lot more deaths than we've had to date. And we also have a lot of people who will get long COVID as well, which we don't fully know the extent of that, but they could have long-term disability. So it's still not um, great, but it's still the best outcomes, I think, internationally, certainly of any OECD country. But then we're in this new world, and no one can predict exactly what that will be like. We can look overseas and see... Um, what happens after this Omicron wave, the virus doesn't go away. I mean, it will have thousands of cases a day across New Zealand for the foreseeable future. We, we may then see a rise of cases. So I think we've got to just adapt our response to fit with that. OK, so and are you
0: saying that the, the vaccine pass has done its day, it's had its day?
1: I think, uh, well, there's several parts to this. Firstly, obviously, the traffic light system needs to change. Uh I think we should keep vaccine passes as a tool but no longer require them for most indoor situations. There will be some situations where you may want to see a vaccine pass. If you're, for example, visiting an aged care facility, they may say, look, we want to see evidence you're vaccinated. If you want to get on a flight to travel overseas, you almost certainly need to pull out your vaccine pass um, and get it linked to your ticket to show that you're vaccinated. So. These tools will not go away. We still need them. It's just we need to tone down or turn down how intensely we use them.
0: So the traffic light settings, do you think that we're in a position to move from red to orange?
1: Yeah, I also think we could revise them. I'm not sure if we need an indoor vaccine mandate um, any longer once we're in that um, post-Omicron period or after that Omicron wave. So it is just, you know, adjusting the response according to the level of threat. If we start to see numbers climb up again, if we got a particularly severe new variant, I think, again, we just have to look at what tools we need to manage that risk. I mean, one thing we do need to change with the the vaccine pass is that you'll need to, to have a booster really to, to get a vaccine pass in the future. In fact, we probably should have needed that from the beginning because that's, what you need to be protected against this variant, you don't. You don't get so much protection if you just double vaccinated.
0: So you're talking about it being more of an administrative tool as opposed to a public health tool.
1: I it's still a public health tool, but uh, it's it's just being used in more select a more selective way. I mean, I don't think um, we'll need to have it as a requirement, say, to go to um, a restaurant or a bar or a gym or to get your hair cut and so on these indoor environments. I think we can obviously turn down that requirement. But I think we'll still need it in the background, just like um, I, I guess you could use the, dri- the driver's licence example or probably the heavy truck uh, driving licence that, you know, you want to know that the person driving that, that truck has got their ticket. And just like um, it's just about risk management. And, again, uh, we'll, we'll probably need, um, I think, a mandate for wearing masks in uh, public transport, for the foreseeable future. In certain other situations, maybe if you're in the doctor's waiting room, you'll have to wear a mask. Um, These are just gonna be sensible uh, precautions that I think most people would accept.
0: I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Michael Baker from the Otago Medical School.